Okay, welcome to another uh, post-match edition episode of Forever Bristol City podcast, being recorded less than half an hour after the match at the New Den finished, which was Millwall nil, Bristol City nil. On any other day, getting a draw at the New Den um, is a great result. Um, but there was so much stuff going on about Nigel and his agent's tweet and then demonstrations, we want our club back. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we're now one game, What we've won one game in nine and we're winless in three. Again, if you look at it from another perspective, since the international break, we've played four, we've picked up four points. If we keep that up between now and the end of the season, that's just about enough to keep us up. Just about. Yeah, maybe one or two more points than that. But it ain't good. But as an individual game, right, tonight I thought it was okay. Joining me, Mark and Ian, I'll come to you first, Ian. You know, it was it, any other day, on any day, a point at the new then is not bad, is it? Well, if you look at where Millwall are and you look at their home form, so before uh, tonight, the last six games, they'd won four, drew two, and with a heavy goal difference. So... Um, you'd have to say that if you were an independent person looking at the table, you'd have had that down as a banker home win for Millwall, particularly mm-hmm. with our away form, which is fairly poor. Um, well, it's not fairly poor, it's very poor. So, yes, but on the night, we should have won the game. We had the two best chances. Millwall never had a shot on target. O'Leary never really had a save to make. Um, and we had two chances. Vyman was absolutely gift-wrapped and gold-plated, and it just goes to show... Uh, one of the reasons why we're not doing so well is we've stopped scoring goals. And that's because the guys that scored the goal, even when goals last season, even when they, they're they in the positions, are fluffing their lines. No, they are. They are. OK, Mark, uh, I guess you'd endorse what uh, Ian uh, just said then, really, that, you know, it was, it was a decent point. But amidst everything else, you know, we're still in uh, a bit of dire straits at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, it's now three wins in seventeen. But we we went we we went there, I think, and we 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 all said no points against Millwall, seven wins, uh, two draws, and two defeats all season. It was all lined up for another uh, miserable evening. But City kept their shape well at the back, defended really well. The only the only good chance that Millwall had was uh, as Vogelsammer's shot in the first half deflected onto the onto the bar by Atkinson's hip in the second half. Viner was superb. Uh, Atkinson looked great in, in the central role. Naismith came out from the back and made some good passes. But at the other end, our quality w- was poor. We didn't get the, the wing-backs uh, onto their full-backs. They, they, they weren't brave enough to take them on. The ball was going back. Alex Scott did have a decent game, uh, but we had the two best chances. I thought Semenyo was a little unlucky. There were a great one-two between uh, Vyman and, uh, and Wells, but... Uh, Andy Vyman, I think he'll. Oh, we'll talk about him. him. We'll talk about him in a minute. When he sees yeah. that mitts, <laughs> we'll talk it about was him. A, it was a great. It was a great. It was a great <clears throat> flick by by Semenyo. He didn't do a lot right in the game, but oh, Andy, what were you yeah. thinking? Oh dear, oh dear. Now I'm delighted to say that we've also got Les in the studio and Chris Honor as well. Uh, I'll come to you next, Les, because you were uh, next up. I'm going to keep my contribution to a minimum this evening, but I'm going to say to everybody, keep your comments uh, brief so everybody can get their share. A voice but uh, Les just as the other guys have said on any other day a point at the new den is a decent result is it not well I think it's a decent result anyway uh, I thought we were a better team 
Uh, I thought we did to Millwall what Millwall tends to do to a lot of other teams, which is bully them a little bit, and we should have won the game. And it shows what can happen when you play your best players in their best positions. Um, uh, yes, we had the one big, big chance that he missed it. But the fact is, what Vyman does, he gets into them positions and he hasn't been able to do that when he's been playing right wing back. So Pearson, I still think, has got some explaining to do. If we play like that, which I think was pretty strong with our best players in our best positions, why has he not been doing it for the last month? You know, that's a good point. Well, Chris, you were uh, and I were exchanging texts about Andy Vyman. Les uh, makes a very good point there that, you know, those are the positions that he was getting into last season. He's been played out of position. You could argue that Andy Vyman is, uh, was ring rusty and therefore, you know, that's an excuse for those chances that were missed, yeah? Yeah, I kind of tend to agree that he needs to play in his best position, but he seems to have a habit of disappointing. I, I just sometimes feel as if his final decision-making, his final pass, I mean, there was a few times the ball went under his foot when Bristol City were under a huge amount of pressure or the, the most pressure in the whole first half. He let the ball trickle under his foot when he really needed someone just to hold the ball up. Then he, you know, he, he poked that ball through, which the two centre-halves managed to miss. Um, and made his pass look better than what it was. Um, that was a poor pass. Uh, for me, he's just like, sometimes, I mean, I, me and you have had a personal conversation and perhaps we should keep it just to ourselves. Um, yeah. But he's my he's my Bristol City player who I would call my out-of-control speedboat at times. He just runs and runs and runs. And all of a sudden, his, his last ball, his final pass, lacks a little bit of quality and you know he was brought in to replace i think bobby reed when we saw bobby reed and he's never yeah. quite he's never quite matched uh the qualities he had although and last season happened. and last season was his golden boot season but in a i'll call it a 13-year career that was a one-off i mean he's good for eight to ten goals a season um ian the, the starting lineup I, you could argue that he then have played and, well, Andy King was fit enough to play because he was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, but it was a welcome return to uh, the team for um, Atkinson uh, and and George Tanner. King, uh, Williams and Wells going out, Tanner, Atkinson and Semenyo coming in. What did you think of the look of the side when you saw it named uh, uh, an hour before kickoff? Well, before the game, um, I tweeted that uh, it, it was it was balanced. It was the sort of side I put a very, very similar team um, on Twitter after the West Brom game. Um, so we know we can play in that formation. The players that we've got, I mean, Chris made a great point on Radio Bristol on the week when he said some of the players that we've got are barely good enough or only just good enough in their rightful position. When you start taking them out of that area mm -hmm. and creating more risk, then you've got a real problem. And and that's quite right. And that applied to Vyman at right wing back, King at centre back. Um, so it's uh, it was good to see that we had that side and it was balanced. And whilst we, in the first half, we should have played a lot better than we did. I'm particularly disappointed in Semenyo because his first touch has just been turning into a pass. And he was better in the second half. And I know he's up against tough physical centre backs um, but it's very interesting that, that there's a lot of rumours about clubs looking at championship strikers and ours aren't mentioned there, there's a lot of talk about Stewart at Sunderland, there's a lot of talk about Goykeris at uh, Coventry 
Yeah. Absolutely no talk at all about hours. And I can see why, because if you looked at that game tonight, and if you were a manager and you took your chairman to that game, you know, I want to pay serious money for that lad, your chairman's going to look at you and go, are you sure? Yeah. Really? I mean, how about the kid next to him, Conway? Doesn't he seem a bit of a better player? Is it um, funny, Ian? Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you perfectly, Chris. It, it, yeah. We it, can hear it's you amazing because he's got everything. He's got everything. Oh. Yeah, couldn't hear Chris. Yeah, he's got yeah, he strength, from... but when he's putting it all together, he's brilliant. But when he's not, it looks it looks scruffy, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And and you know, we saw I mean if you look at his performance at Fulham, for example last season two fantastic goals one with either foot hit like a rocket perfect balance pace spins defenders and then you see him sometimes and honestly he looks like a kid this you know just stepped up stepped up from non-league never played at this level well, it is it's like the s it's the sgs kid isn't it you know who's just come ended up going to newport and doing all that kind of stuff i mean it's yeah. not the same players we saw last year and is that because he's it's a lack of games? We're talking about ring rusty for Vyman. Um, does he need games? Is he just one of those players who needs a few games under his belt to get that confidence? Or does he is he a real confidence player? I don't know. But even, I mean, I spoke to, again, David during the week and I, I felt that last Saturday was crying out for him. You know, and, yeah. and although I thought he did okay tonight. I thought he did okay. Yeah. He didn't do I, too bad. Mark, the second half uh, he improved. Yeah, There's no, Mark, no doubt about um, it. But we still didn't score any goals, did we? Well, no. And you said to me, and in the in in the other day, well, today actually, about the midfield. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not creative. Doesn't defend well, although it played its role there tonight. And and it doesn't score much either, does it? And you know, again, that midfield. What what did you think of the shape of the side, Ian? You know, just the way it lined up with them. Um, you know, you have to well, look. What, what shape you have was to it? ask yourself the question. What else could he do? Yeah. Who else could he play in midfield? Now he could bring, you know, curveball. Could bring Dylan Kaji in, but on what I've seen of Dylan, I don't think he's really ready yet. Although he's another lad who you could probably say, well, he probably needs four or five games. Um, but Joe Williams was on the bench, rested. I, I think you can struggle at times when you try and play Williams and James in the same team because it makes it a bit, bit slow and a bit ploddy. I guess, yeah. Um. I thought Alex Scott was, was better in that central midfield role, not the additional midfield player, but a central midfield role. Um, but that's just a statistical fact. Our, our midfield doesn't create, it doesn't assist much score uh, very often. So you have to say, well, where are the goals going to come from? Well, last season, it was the WSM and they were scoring for fun. Well, they scored 50 between them and created 30 of those amongst themselves anyway. I think. Yeah, and, they, I and this really. season, that I mean, oh, OK, Chris Martin hasn't played. but and, but and Antoine was injured at the start of the season, so that's why it didn't get together. But, I mean, Chris Martin's not even in the squad. And I think, uh, I think the you could reason be for that is... is but, but Ian, would you go back to them? Would you go back to WSM? Because I, 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 don't, I don't think Chris Martin justifies the starting place. No, I wouldn't have Chris as a sub either because I think he's ineffective when he comes on as a sub. But neither would I have. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I'd get 100%. I'd get Sam Bell out on loan. Sam Bell has, has got to play league football and not here. He's got to go out on loan. Mm. Um, and I know that Cheltenham were, were, were interested in him, um, but he, he needs to go somewhere and, and play league football, play games. 
Um, because I think he's a good player and I like him. He's quick. He's got two decent feet, bit small. Um, but you know, you don't have to be ten foot tall to be a, a footballer. I mean, look at exactly. Let's let Mark um, have a say. Mark, yeah, be um, nice. George, yeah, George, 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 Les, Les's phone has packed it, Hi, so Mark. we're back to How a manageable <laughs> four now. <clears throat> Mark, what did you think of um, George uh, Tanner's performance this evening? A couple of times early on, he lacked physicality, and uh, you know, but I thought he grew into the game as it as it went on, and you know, it looked a competent performance across the back from everybody, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was able to um, double up with the likes of um, Scott and James to, to win the ball when we were threatened on the edge of our area. Didn't offer much going forward because he wouldn't take his, his full back on and he tended to play the ball back. Um, so, yeah, didn't offer a lot going forward, but neither did Cameron Pring really on the left-hand side. So defensively, I think I think they did well because they didn't get overrun. The crosses that came into the box, we defended pretty easily tonight, and that was a big surprise yeah. uh, against the physical side. But I thought he did he did he did okay, and I thought we did okay in midfield defensively. It was just creatively we were poor. Um, we we couldn't put passes together apart from the final quarter, and that was when we were really good. We, no, we, we, know, we, well. we 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 uh, we pushed up with Naismith, and and uh, James got into the game. I thought James did very well, picking making a lot of tackle tonight. Um, but yeah, it's just that it's just that uh, it was that final ball and and taking those yeah. those the, the best chances yeah. against a very good home team. Yeah, well, they are. Their home record was uh, yeah, nine. Yeah, about a third and game, seven, in the division, best in the division, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, seven two two, and now seven three two after tonight. Chris, but let's, let's was... look at it. But let, let's, let's look at the positives. It was a good defensive display. We exactly. got a point. That's a bonus. Chris, four minutes before the interval, after City had had, I'll call it half chances, but uh, from a corner, uh, the home team almost took the lead. The ball was sort of half clear to Vogelsammer, if that's the right pronunciation. It was good that. Um, Atkinson got his body in the way and it hit the bar before going over. That was the only real chance of note that uh, that Millwall had, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think George Tanner would be disappointed with the defensive header. He was kind of leaning back and stretching. Uh, maybe there was someone behind him who could have headed the ball um, better. But yeah, it was a great strike. Um, I, you know, and to the naked eye, when I first saw it, I thought Max had tipped it onto the crossbar, but it wasn't. It came off uh, Atkinson. Um, and that was a near miss. You know, when your luck's when the luck's against you, that goes in the top uh, top corner. But I was, do you know what? You know, after Saturday and and all the and all the pressure and all the frustration of watching that game, I was relatively relaxed about tonight's game. I don't know why. I just I mm. thought we did ever so well. I thought we we matched them. They were they're a physical physical team. They're horrible to play against. I mean, they just yeah. work really really hard. There's no real stars in their team. They're very direct. They they outmuscle you. They're out. You know, they push you. The crowd get on your nerves. You know, and they get on the ref, back of the referee. And I think that's a that's a brilliant point. I, I really do. You know, in hindsight, I think that's a great point up up there. And uh, yeah, if that's the only scare of the evening, we've done pretty well. And that's one of the away draw. That's one of the draws that we need. If you think, you know, of the twenty or so games that are left. We got to win seven and draw three, and then we can lose about another nine, and that would just about keep us up. Let's go into the second half, uh, Ian. And uh, there were a couple of decent crosses coming in, but not really testing. Uh, was it long in goal? But then uh, you said Scott had a had a decent uh, game. Um, we we saw what Scott could do on the seventy second minute when it was a good little run, and it was almost like a place shot that. Uh, 
you know, the keeper got down to it. I expect you could have got down to that one, Ian, but that was all he showed. I guess he's going to grow into what is his position as well, yes, at this midpoint of the season, if the manager plays him in that uh, regularly rather than moving him around. Yeah, he, st- he still needs time and he needs games. Um, what I was pleased about him tonight was some of his tackling was a lot better and the effort was there. And I think he enjoyed the game. You could see he was enjoying the game. And uh, on Saturday, there were people complaining that he pulled out a couple of tackles. And that's something you cannot get away with at Ashton Gate. I don't know about other grounds, but the City fans all the time have been going down there will not put up with anybody pulling out of tackles. Um, and a lot of players have done that in a couple of games and they've been damned from that point onwards. So I'm glad to see that he got stuck more stuck in tonight. I think that position in as one of the two midfield players really suits him. He's got a lot of talent. He doesn't do enough in the final third for me. And, and that move tonight where he got that shot in is a change, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's a strange thing that he was more effective from an attacking perspective when he played right wing back. That's, that's just a fact. He's definitely not a 10, um, or I don't think he is. Not not in our team anyway, perhaps in a better team, yeah. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed his performance tonight. I, th- I think uh, Nigel Pearson's got a decision to make about w- what side he puts out at Coventry uh, on New Year's Day. Does he think, well, let's make two or three changes like he did tonight to freshen it up? Does he leave it alone? Um uh, and I'd, I'd need a long, hard think about that. I mean, particularly up front. I mean, I think against Coventry, I think Naki Wells will start. Yeah. Uh, and it's a question of whether you play Antoine or um, Tommy next to him. Um, and and I don't think I don't think we can have the side much different with the players that we've got available. But at least tonight, it was square pegs in square holes. And and thank God for that. Yeah. No, that's true. Mark, um, Semenyo, Chris was talking about him earlier. He's got everything. And uh, he almost on 76 minutes after Vyman's ball had uh, eluded two defenders. Looked like that's not a bad day, the, wall, the way the ball bounced through. At least he did manage to get his shot away. But there was a few other things that he tried that were were uh, were wayward, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I've just noticed something before that. Actually, another thing Andy Vyman did—he got in the way of—he uh, got in the way of Cal Naismith. Uh, when it was a great yeah, by by, uh, by Naki Wells. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, thought got... you would jump straight in there, David, and remind us of that one. I was—I knew there was a few things that he did that. Yeah, I was going to—I was going to go through notes. the Vyman misses with you, Chris. Yeah, so the Vyman, that one the, for you. I got them all listed here. The Andy <laughs> the Andy Vyman tapes, but it was yeah. Wells played it to Vyman. Uh, and a nice, it was. It looked a great flick ball, but the defenders got in the way of each other. I don't think Antoine could have done a lot more. It was like no. when Palmer came out, he came off his line very, very quickly. George Long and Antoine uh, brought. He hammered the ball into his chest, and it went out for a throw in. So I think it was the best he could do. I don't think he could really slide the ball under him because the keeper was virtually on top of him as he as he swung his leg. So yeah, yeah it was just it was just one of those things. Chris, Andy, we we got to talk about him because there was oh, the, there was oh, the, ne- no. never, never mind the never mind the, uh, uh, the, the the one that he shot over and the one that he got away with on eighty minutes. It was Cal Naismith with one of those free kicks that's yeah. whipped in, yeah, and then it sort of gets knocked on by Semenyo, 
Oh, you he's missed one put... on 77 minutes. You missed that one as well. Oh, when he put that over. Yeah, well, there's so many. There's so many. I like the one that you mentioned <laughs> when he got in the when he got in the way, Wells crossed the there because it was gonna be it was gonna go to Naismith, and he probably would have put that away. But uh, Chris, that that one on the 80th minute, I mean, our performance based on what had just gone before that, it would have been no more than we deserved if we had taken the lead at that point, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't want it to be uh, sound like a one-man crusade against you know one of the club's <laughs> favourite players because um, he runs around a lot. Oh, and so does Mo Ooh. Farah. I mean, I could get Mo Farah to run around a pitch, and um, but he's, it's got to be about the end product eventually, hasn't it? You know, <laughs> not joking aside, you've got to have an end product, and you could you get you... somebody called Mo Goals? That'll do. <laughs> Absolutely, goals, but yeah. listen, I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm skating on thin ice after he scored 22 goals last year, but you know, as a <laughs> it, listen, he's, he's always going to be one of the first names on the on the team sheet because of his effort and his determination. Um, I just like to see a little bit more calm when he comes to pass the ball in the in, in the most effective areas, and you know, taking the ball off your teammate's toe right at the end is is not one of my favorite moments and it looks so easy when you're watching it on tv or you're watching it on your laptop at home um yeah thank god you never had these kind of things when i was playing that's all i can say <laughs> <laughs> I, I well since we're talking about action chris if you look at that 89 90 promotion team that you played in right and you had to pick not including yourself you had to pick two players from that team to go into that bristol city team and make a difference. I know fitness levels are probably different, but if you just want, well, we were fitter, back. obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were fitter. <laughs> but if if you had to pick, looking at how we played or how we have been playing, and if you could incredibly pull these I players see, forward in a time machine, who would you put? Who easy, would you? Isn't it? It, yeah, it's easy, really. You you you'd get someone like Rob Newman, who was just he was like a Mercedes. You know, he was he never seemed to have enough pace, enough skill, enough ability. Yet the higher he went up, the better he played. And then there'd be Bob Taylor, who scored yeah. goals out of nothing. Um, and if you wanted to add one more to it, and Bristol City had been bought up on wingers, you'd have Dave Smith and probably Mark Gavin, who yeah. who, the, who the fans used to turn up to to entertain them. Um, yeah, and they were quite different as wingers, weren't they? Because Dave yeah. Smith was one head down and go, whereas Gavs was slightly more subtle and, you know, that sort yeah, of... Uh, yeah, a bit yeah. of trickery, a little bit of a, you know, a turn of pace. He was... You know, he had a little bit about him. As uh, was Smithy, I'm sure he was the one I got a move from Gilling to Bristol City because I think I played against him and he absolutely... Skinned you. <laughs> uh, absolutely, for the whole... Yes, for the whole game. And, you know, within a few weeks, thankfully, we signed him because I was dreading the return game. <laughs> he, he'd, been a, he'd been a postman, hadn't he, before? Didn't he come into I the wish game he had later? stayed a like postman. Yeah. I wish he'd he? stayed a postman. Yeah. He'd been the quickest round ever. It, I <laughs> Ian, um, the Millwall have got the uh, the third best record in scoring from set plays and dead ball situations. And talking about yeah. dead ball situations, we had the referee that gave them a penalty they shouldn't have had and didn't give us two, and they actually apologised the league for that. But Dean Whitestone's performance this evening didn't really have a lot to do. Is it bizarrely there was only two minutes of time added on at the end of ninety, wasn't there? Well, and there was no yellow cards in the whole game. Although the Millwall defender that went through the back of Semenyo. Yeah, that was a um, shocker, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, was, was to me, that was a borderline red. Um, yeah. Because A, he come through the back, he got nothing in the ball. Hutchinson. And he, and he, and he cleaned Semenya out. I mean, my, yeah, if we're going to step back inside, my Mark Gavin moment, 
was when Mark Gavin was playing on the left wing for Bolton against us in the Freight Rover final, That's and Rob right, yeah. was playing right back. And he had Rob Newman. Uh, I think Rob Newman had to go off after about 15 minutes and have a transfusion for twisted blood. <laughs> and he absolutely had him on toast. And then Biff, as you could in those days, put him about seven rows back in the stand. Absolutely. I mean, it had been ascending off these days. And he just smashed Mark Gavin. And he did a triple Sukahara with half tuck, finished up about five rows back at Wembley. And it, you didn't see him for the rest of the game. He was absolutely anonymous. Was isn't that, bell, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Because you could really get to Gav. I mean, I remember uh, Vaughan Jones talking to Gav in the uh, tunnel uh, before one of the games. And Ian, Ian Alexander doing exactly the same to Dave Smith. And Dave Smith would nervously giggle, but Gav would go quiet. And you knew that that was, that was Gav done. You know, he didn't like the physical aspects of the game. And if, if Rob Newman did that to uh, Gav, well, that makes me laugh. Because I don't remember. You've got a better memory than me. But, um, yeah, I can, only, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah um, was, uh, Mark, but, well, Mark. Going back to the, to go the game. Sorry. Go no, go, go. You carry on in. Say, say what go you on. want to say. Talking about the referee. We yeah, were. Going back to the game tonight. No yellow cards. I want to say that should have been one. Um, but I thought you had a good game. Um it's not easy refereeing at Millwall. It's very easy to turn into an absolute homer up there, but he wasn't. So, I mean, I didn't realise he was the one who uh, gave them a penalty and didn't give us two. Oh, I remember oh, that's right. the thing happening in a game against, I think it was QPR, was that ex-professional footballer referee um, that we should have had two penalties in that game. He, he didn't give us one. So, uh, um, Andy Ward, I think his name is, yeah. uh, from memory. But no, I thought, you know, you go back, go back to tonight. As I say, there is a conversation to be had about, well, what do you, what do, you do against Coventry? Yeah. Um, well, let's and, come on to that in a minute. Um, Mark, yeah. you look at the Millwall team, and I think, is it one of their, one of their, I was listening to the commentary, one of their defenders, is it Cooper? He's out of contract. Yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake Cooper is out of contract at the end of I the I mean, season. if we were going to get a central defender... He's probably going to get better offers than us, but that that's the sort of guy. And the, and was Jed Wallace who went to Albion? Is he a brother of Murray Wallace? Or I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I think Cooper. I mean, who knows if he get a bet? He get a better offer. He might have thought that about Cal Naismith. You'd have thought that the uh, he might have got a better offer being a, not very really quick, uh, is he? In the t- in the team in the team of the season, mm. I mean he's he's good at it cut it corners uh, six six foot two, bullies bullies defenders, but uh, I mean he's only twenty seven. I thought he was he was a bit older than that. I mean, you know Cooper that so, is yeah yeah Jake, he's got Jake he's Cooper, got the physicality. I Mark, I think he's six foot four, six foot five. He's like a Sorry, six foot six according yeah. to Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. six foot six. Apologies. Yeah. And then so I see they had uh... Aiden Flint. If you want to sign an Aiden Flint, then that is your Aiden Flint. He's not quick, and if you get the ball in behind him, you can cause him problems. But you've got to get it in behind him first. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because you, you, you probably won't go. Yeah, you probably won't go round him without in, getting your, st- in, your studs down. Interesting, soon, interesting to see that George Savile's holding down a place in uh, in their lineup. And uh, the other good thing as well was that uh, uh, Bradshaw he got four and four against us. And other than one little scorpion kick, I think the commentator described that he didn't execute it properly. But we kept in quite fair play to the fans as well. A thousand City fans made the trip up to the new den, which yeah, is God bless them, one in all. Not a great place to get to at the best of times. 
uh, out of a crowd of 14,800. And I thought they were quite quiet, the Millwall fans, because there was only a couple of renditions of their well-known uh that they well, do. Well, apart, uh, apart, apart from that bloke on, uh, I was listening to it on Robin's TV, Chris, and, and we got, when Semenya was tackled by Cooper on 64 minutes, you're about to take a corner and a voice came out, Aria, you horrible. Yeah, don't Why say Why did you run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were in quite a few crowd shots today for some reason, the cameras. I don't know Weren't why. Weren't they ugly as well? Did you <laughs> know how many, how many of their fans very, I, very ugly? Yeah, yeah, I covered, Mark, I covered a, I covered the game, the away game last season for Radio Bristol. And yeah. It, Honestly, it's the worst place, isn't it, to get to? It's the worst place to get away from. Yeah, they they are horrible from the moment you turn up. I mean, you got you get a cup of tea, you could you could stand your your, your spoon up in. I mean, it's thick, it's horrible. I mean, even even the ball boys don't even get the ball from you. I don't know if you heard the commentary. They, yeah, they, they said they, it said the bibs. They, they poor old Campring. You're sort of walking <laughs> along. You sort of walk oh, shame to get the ball, and but they pop up, don't they? Suddenly, when the when the home players are there and throw it straight back, it's probably multiple. It's it's almost so they have to walk towards the crowd and face the crowd and give them a chance to yeah. sort of shout shout. shout at you at you. Yeah, they're all they're, they're they're all ringing bells and going shame shame yeah, shame. It is. It's like all the crowds are good close to the pitch. Anyway, um, come to each of you now on this question. Um, this result standalone. Eased, it, it, you first, uh, Ian. Ease the pressure on Nigel, or has he got to get something on New Year's Day as well? I don't think the pressure will be eased until we win some games. And it has to be, I think the FA Cup is, to me, is an irrelevance. Yeah. Um, always nice to win a game, but I really don't care about it. Um, he, he needs to win games of football. Mm. Um, and, you know you don't. You know you don't. You don't care about the cup games. I was really bitterly disappointed after that Lincoln game because that put us in. You know, I know it, it's a lot further in the competition, but players want to be involved when you're that far advanced in the competition yeah. or there's cup games because there's a lot of glory still outside the Premier Division in cup games. Um, and that that was my disappointment. But you're 100 percent right. The league is far more important than cup we, competitions. We've got to win games, and we've got games to are really important. Forget about the yeah. top end of the table, but we've got oh, to, we have now. Yeah. got to stay yeah. in this division because it would be oh, absolutely suicide if yeah. we go down. If you're absolutely. complaining about twelve million or whatever FFP and forty million, can you imagine going down to that? You know, because there's some big clubs in the league below, and oh, they're yes. all struggling to get out, aren't they? Yeah, no, there's a good, there's a good half a dozen clubs. But you look at the clubs that are coming up from that yeah. division prospectively and the clubs that are coming down from the Prem, like Southampton, that division next season is going to be far, far, far yeah. more difficult than it is this season. Well, it just shows how crap it, it, this division is this season. The fact that Millwall right, have lost, I think, one in eight and they fell out of the playoffs. You know, And as we said, I think I said to Chris, uh, not on air, but you know, on a separate phone call. You know, if we'd have won one and drawn one of those two home games, we'd have been looking to the playoffs. Yeah, but, I don't uh, think we're, we're ever strong enough to do that, David. I think, like against Rotherham, standalone result that was great. Three-one win really gives us a chance yeah. to move forward. We blow it in, blow it in the next two games again tonight. 
this gives us a really good platform to say how solid we were and try and improve on, on the attacking side of our play. We'll play a team who are much more fluid uh, on Saturday in, in terms of the way that they pass the ball, uh, you know, and, 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 and their positivity, which, give, which gives us a chance. I think on that Sunday, when we play, sorry, on, we play, on Sunday. Right. I mean, Sunday I think they'll, and... they'll 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 be more interested in Ryan Reynolds coming there the following week when they play Wrexham, won't they? So he'll be That's there. That's true. That's Hollywood, true. Hollywood well, Coventry, star. Coventry, if you look at the form table, Coventry are the fifth base, fifth best home team in that division. Millwall are third. Yeah. So Coventry is their last six games. They won four, drew one, and lost one. Uh, they've scored ten, conceded five. So and they've got thirteen points. Is Ian, that uh, Ian? I okay. we... Sorry, sorry, Chris. Is... Sorry, David. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. my, my one thing about Coventry is they pass the ball really well. You know, they've yeah. come up. Mark Robbins has got them passing it. I watched that game this evening, and when you know when uh, Mill had that little sort of ten minute period before half time, and we started getting stretched, our midfield were all over the place, and that's when I feel as if we're really, really vulnerable. You know, and I, I saw that against West Brom. We're, we're not. Our players are, could do with being about another two foot or another two metres closer to their men. Mm-hmm. And we all seem to be getting there a little bit too late, a little bit too slow. And then we're getting played around really easily. And, you know, when we go to the likes of Coventry and they're zipping the ball about because they're not a big team like Millwall who are a little bit more direct, I think we struggle. I really do. I, I, I You know, I, I, you, can out, you can outwork people like Millwall seem to be very successful at doing and Bristol City matched them tonight I, I get more concerned when teams pass the ball against us because we look really stretched Surprisingly yeah. they didn't beat Cardiff tonight you thought, you'd thought think that they beat Cardiff yeah, at home but absolutely. they shut them out and 0-0 that's a good result for Cardiff yeah, well, It shows the bunching it shows the bunching as well at the bottom of uh, of the division let's talk about off uh, off the field things, and I'll stick with you, Chris, on this. Um, and we talk about the appointment of a new chief exec in a moment. But uh, Chris, today on Twitter, we had Nigel's agent sort of tweeting, like you know, I described it like as my mum sort of saying, "He's a good lad, really. You should really be thankful for him." I mean, that was bizarre. That agent tweet, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you I think Nigel authorised it? it, or I, if I he haven't didn't... seen it, and that's the first I've heard of it. I, you know, obviously, I, I saw your email earlier, and mm. I, I read that, and I, I thought, wow. I mean, it's as if I think things were beginning to get to get to him a little bit. I mean, we had again, we had a off the air chat um, after the game on Sunday, uh, Monday, and uh, I mean, everyone's got a different opinion about. Nigel Pearson. Some are getting a little bit frustrated. Some want him gone from almost day one. Some have given him the benefit of the doubt moving into this season. Some have, you know, already had enough of him. Um, and depending on what camp you're in, you've got to look. You, you've got to sort of kind of take that knee-jerk reaction away, haven't you? After a game, and you've got to try to be as measured as possible. And I hope that. Over the next month, he knows what he's doing. This is when he comes into his own. And if he hasn't got players he's saying goodbye to, he better have players coming in. And he might need to knock uh, knock on Steve Lansdowne's door and say, "Give me some money because I need to make this song this this side a lot stronger than it currently is because we are struggling and we need reinforcements." You um, said to me, Chris, as well, that you reckon we have got more money than. A lot of people might think, yeah. Is that, well, is that a well, fair comment? Uh, well, we have. If, We've if got flexibility wants, within if, FFP. If he, want, if, if he wants to part with the money, he's certainly got enough, hasn't he? And I think, you know, 
FFP isn't where it, it was a year ago. I mean, Ian, Ian's really good on the stats and he probably knows more than I do. But, you know, we've got one of the richest owners in the country. Um, it's whether he wants to part with it. I mean, he's trying to do the right thing and lower the wage bill. And that's fair enough. I understand that. But it's, it's far more expensive going down than it is to buy a few more players now to save us from the, from the drop. That's for sure. Well, yeah. you can do. You can bring in players on loan. You know, we don't need to. We, we don't need to buy them. But I, my three that I'd buy would be the middle of the team, the spine of the team. So a right-sided centre back, a really strong midfield player. The, the galling thing is we've got two of the, two of the players that we need um, at the club. The only trouble is they're about twenty odd years too old. You know, if you've got Khalifa Cisse and Brian Tinian in that. In, in, and Scott in, Murray, in, in yeah. that team, they'd be they'd be half decent, wouldn't they? But who's um, going to do the laundry if Scott Murray does? It ends up playing. Well, you are you can't you can't do. That. Oh, Dave Febs, Dave Febs can do the laundry. <laughs> we can go, but we could we need a nine as well if we're going to play the ball as long as we do because in the first half the ball just wasn't sticking up front, and if we're going to do that, we we need to. Um, have a nine, a midfield player, um, and and a centre back, and we need a stronger a stronger spine. That would be that would be the three I'd bring in. Other people mm. might be different. Yeah, yeah. That Chris hadn't seen. Did you see that uh, tweet that uh, Nigel's yeah, I, agent? I did? replied to uh, three of his tweets. Uh, Dean, Al- Dean Aldridge. Yeah, like of uh, a Porto Sports Management. So yeah. what did he exactly say? Basically, oh, he said, oh, do, you, "Do you want me to say? Well, I can read it out to you. Go on, read uh, it. Yeah. There's, been a, there's been a lot said about our client at Nigel D. D. Pearson over recent weeks. For balance, I think it's important to emphasise the work he's done at Bristol City. Considerable wage bill reduction, FFP compliance, same thing. Number of academy players, increased squad value. Results haven't been what anyone wanted, but apart from WBA, games could have gone either way. Dominated v Sheffield United and numerous chances to beat Swansea, Watford and Stoke. This was never going to be an easy period for the club or for Nigel, but there is progress. The combination of the effect of COVID on the transfer market and previous spending has meant the club has had to shop mainly in the free transfer market whilst remaining competitive. Given his experience and the changes made, I would trust Nigel to complete the job he started. Come on, you Reds. Dean That's Smith's a bloody departure. long tweet. There's I, one I tell more. You sorry, and there's sorry. one from December the 27th. Dean Smith's department from Norwich City today is... A f- ah, this didn't end the so Anyway, so yeah, that was the three tweets today. So so very quickly, again, I, I, I agree with 80% of that, because that was what I said to you, wasn't it, on Monday mm. or Tuesday, David? Mm. And I and I did say that it, it's been a tough ride. I mean, can you imagine taking this job on 18 months ago from Dean Holden, who the club was just, I mean, I, I said I, I had the displeasure or the, or the privilege, depending on how you look upon it, of watching Bristol City play during COVID in empty stadiums. And it was the worst football I've ever seen. It was it was worse than... It was well. It was worse. I, I don't know even how to compare it and give it to give it the, the justified name. Um, and and he's walked in that dress room and he's had to change the whole mentality of the club. And he's decided that it's not a holiday camp any longer. Um, and he wants people to pull their pull their weight. And um, yeah, good luck to a manager who, who tries that because that's going to take a it takes a, a long time to turn a boat. And mm. um, it's take, well, especially with free transfers. Yeah, I mean, and he got. I mean, look, that created a five-page um, 
a five-page thread on the fans forum because you know as you said Ian the cult of Nige over the last sort of I say since the international break well post Rotherham well the week post the Stoke game the cult of Nige does seem to evaporate but I mean this uh, march Ian that's taking place at the next home game from the three lines to the ground we want our club back you know I mean it's taking it a bit far what about it, what, you think? What, what are they marching about what, what's well, Ian, you, you you've seen it. That was on Twitter as well, wasn't it? You know, our, our, what what do you, what do you think of that? A, it's called a march for change, and and mm. and the the change they're looking at is from from everything I can glee and read from it is Pearson. Wow. Um, and I, I agree with some some of the stuff he said in the tweet, but who's responsible for that? Because there's an awful lot of people claiming responsibility, and the wage bill hasn't come down that much. We had a mm. turnover of thirty million last year and the wage bill was 29 mm. for the last for the financial year just gone now whilst that isn't 120 percent, it's still 90 odd percent of turnover so it needs to come down to somewhere between 18 and 20 million so we need to lose another 9 to 11 million from where it was at the end of uh, at, at the last set of accounts, which were, I think, financial year ending December twenty-two. Amazing. So how much? So how much money has he saved us since he's been at the club? You know, year on year, um, since he's been manager. I, 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 I t- to be honest, I would say you're probably looking at per annum five or six million quid. So he's had five or six million pound less, and he's yeah. achieved the same. So is that a success or a failure? Well, I, well I don't, but who's responsible for it? Because people keep telling me Richard Gould did that. They can't all be responsible for it. I suppose, look, anybody can let good players go for nothing. Right? Yeah. I, I, I could go down and do that yeah. part-time. So I mean, look. You, you, you can't... Um, you, is, is it Richard Gould? Is it Nigel Pearson? Are they working together? And it's one thing cutting the wage bill, but it's no good to say there you are. I've had, I've had, you know, people saying, oh, he's had the wage bill. He's nothing like have the wage bill. No, nowhere near, because he's still, he's still left with And, and every club, every club is having to operate under the same, we're not the only club that suffered COVID, okay, because we had a business model that was based on transfers, that aspect of our We're the only model. club that lost, that, that, yeah, but the only, we're the only club that, that lost 38 million, because clubs like Luton, and Millwall, if they lost 38 million, they'd be out of business. Yeah. yeah. And we Luton, who won 3-0 at QPR tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, when you compare ourselves to the likes of Millwall and Luton, we're not doing great, are we? But no. if we're no, comparing ourselves with big spending clubs, I think apparently our, our salaries are the same as Preston. That's what I've been told previously. Mm. So, yeah. you know, our, our, our salary is about the same as them. So that's the type of club we should be comparing ourselves. And since they almost went up with us one season, they've kind of fallen away as well and struggled mid-table or below mid-table. Um, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't want to make excuses because I want I want this club be, to be promoted as soon as we possible. We all do. We uh, absolutely and, right there, Chris. We but, all but, want that. You know, I, I really Chris. desperately do. I want to see that club in the you know in the league above quicker than you can ever imagine. But how much yeah. can you can you just confirm how much parachute money Sunderland had? Oh, are they still getting parachute money? No, of course they're not. They're fourth. They kept, they've but, spent years in League One. They've had they three years That's in a, yeah. But you're always going to get a club like when Bristol City came up from that league on the bounce. They're, yeah. they're absolutely flying. They've got good players. When we came up, Chris, when we came up from that league, the manager got sacked because we were on our way to get relegated. 
they they done well. They got they got they got Ellis Ellis Sims on loan from they got Ellis Sims on loan from Everton. Uh, yeah. I think he was in Scotland last year and he'd been on loan at Blackpool previously and he's been good. Yeah. Ross Stewart uh, has actually been out injured and he's I think he's caught in a lot he, of... Uh, he came back tonight and scored a penalty. And yeah, they got rid of their top striker as well because that Charlie Wick, who last season scored lots of goals, yeah? I mean, although Sunderland didn't go up, I think they had the most one of the most successful... Well, I, can, I can keep going. Middles, Middlesbrough haven't got parachute money. Look at where they oh. are. Luton. I'm not asking us to be top of the table a level with Burnley or indeed Sheffield United. I'm, I'm not asking that's I'm not asking for that, but I'm saying we should be doing far better than we are. I mean Preston are four teams on thirty-four points. Right? Birmingham, God no, I don't even know who owns the club. I don't think they know theirself. But no, they're Reading 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 as well. They're up there. Reading as well. Yeah, no thirty five points, played one game less. So it's not a question. Who was asking for a, a, for him to produce, as somebody put on Twitter the other day, a team of Lionel Messi's? No one is asking Pearson to do that. What we're saying is, how well can we do with the players we got? And he does himself no justice with these press conferences where he's signing a bloke for 1.6 million, then throwing him under the bus. Then he plays tonight. So suddenly, he didn't, he didn't trust him two weeks ago, but now he trusts him. Ian, yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. Most, I mean, most, some of you know, these why? interviews are just cringeworthy, aren't they? I mean, he's, well, he's... You get a situation where you, you, you think, this bloke's not helping himself. You know, I'm going to play Andy Vyman at right wing back. Now, to be honest, it just so happens he's done it a couple of times and it's paid off and we've won games. And I'll give you Rotherham away, Blackburn away, um, and the Blackburn last season where Joe Williams played that slash at it. And the ball past. spun off the outside of his foot, went out to Voiman, and he scored with a world-class volley. Or fishing um, as well. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark, so, Mark, I mean, I mean, you're, yes, you're, you're very quiet sat there in the background there. Um, I mean, he, he, Chris has just said he doesn't help himself with the press conferences. Some of his, he's just got that attitude that he's always had, but that's what you get with Pearson. Well, it's and not that Mark's he doesn't suffer for... Well, it's, it's all about results doesn't... at the end of the day, Mark, isn't it? You know. Yeah, um... I mean, most most. I mean, if you've, most questions are, 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 are banal anyway, and he he'll tr- he'll, he won't treat anybody with respect. He, he likes people asking intelligent questions, but he gets bored easily. It's not like he doesn't suffer fools gladly. He doesn't suffer them at all. I just don't. I mean, but it's getting into Sean O'Driscoll territory, isn't it? Where yeah. you're debating. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Like, What's that like to Greg or Gregor on the journalist side of things? Because we don't hear him. He went, to he... Brist- he went to Bristol World, didn't he? he left the, we don't uh, hear him. We don't hear him Bristol all, World, do we? Because I thought Richard Forrester wrote a good piece in Bristol Live. It was a full transcript of the press conference after the uh, the, the West Brom defeat, and it, you, it, it was a tetchy conference as he described it. But He's gone. He's gone. Is Chris there? I'm still here, yeah. yeah here. We're all still here. Chris, if you had to pick the side for um, uh, for the Coventry game, what would you do? I think um, probably leave out uh, um, James in midfield and give Williams a run around because three games in in less than a week or just over a week, I would think it's too much, and I would probably rotate the the front three as well. But the defence did well, and I think they were steady. 
Um, yeah. Tanner did okay at right back. Pring seems to have nailed the left back position down. I thought Zach Viner was excellent. Loves Naismith, always have, and I like even like the you know the gambles he takes, although not all of them came off early on the season. And I thought Atkinson did great. Um, so yeah, I would keep. I would do that. I'd probably rotate the front three and see if we can take the game to Coventry and ca- catch them on the counter attack. Can we do much else? Because I don't, uh, I don't think there's a, a huge choice mark, is there? I mean, I don't think there's. You couldn't say, well, let's bring these four players in; they'll make it better. I, I think all I'd say is, I think Naki Wells will probably start on that rotation basis. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good idea. I like to see Campering be a bit braver against fullbacks or um, his opposite wing back. I think he's got the pace to just push it past instead of looking, you know, looking to just uh, drop the shoulder uh, and, you know, just do a, do a thing. I think, he, you know, he's got the pace to do that. Just try some different things. He didn't do that tonight. He cut inside or he, he passed back. Tanner on the opposite side was, was very safe. Um, didn't really venture forward at all. Left that to the likes of Conway and and Vyman, where he dropped. He really dropped into the number ten role tonight, didn't he? And where we were a three three four three uh, in attack. But yeah, I'd rotate it. One thing I say about Andy Vyman, at least he's getting he's getting chances. I mean, when your forwards or your attacking players don't get chances, then you you start to worry. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, if he can put I, I, some I of those to... away, that'll that'll be good. Can I, I think can we've I, got. Can Colin. I correct myself from earlier yeah. on this evening? You know, for the amount of work he gets, he gets himself in some great positions. I, I just want to see that that killer quality we need. You know, it was just a little bit of frustration after, you know, a few mistakes he made tonight. Well, we've Coventry. Uh, Casey Palmer, interestingly, Casey Palmer started for Coventry tonight, and he played. They play with two tens behind Goikers up front. Um, so they play with Palmer and Allen behind Goikers. Uh, their wing backs are useful, especially I like Bidwell on the left. But interestingly, uh, Kyle McFadzian uh, didn't play tonight and he wasn't on the bench either. Now he's normally their big centre half. So the back, they play a, a similar ish formation to us, but it's a 3 4 2 1 instead of a 3 4 1 2. And their back three are Rose, Doyle, and Panzo. So, like you said, I mean, Hamer in midfield, I, I've liked for you. I think he's a really good player. Um, so it'll be an interesting place to go, and, and like I say, at home, they're in um, they're in good form. Yeah, I thought Casey Palmer had a decent game against us, which uh, riled me riled me no ends. But yeah, Gustavo Hamer is a, a great little player. He created the winner for them last season in the last minute, which was a real killer blow in a game that we really should have won. We ended up losing two one. Um, Carl McFadden, I think he nearly joined City, didn't he, in about twenty thirteen, but for some sort of blood disorder. Um, yeah. Uh, which was a bit bit of a strange one, but they brought in the likes of, of Martin Waghorn, uh, Todd Kane's playing for them. He played on loan for us, didn't he, in the uh, Championship winning season? I think for a month he was on loan from Chelsea. So they'll yeah. be they'll be really tough. They play an open game, like to pass the ball to feet, and um, but we you know that gives it gives us a chance. What was good about tonight was I think once we brought Wells on, it really seemed to lift the team. And mm. we really, what we did was we believed we could win the game and we should have won and the, the ball game. Started, there was that, even though yeah. he's very small, the ball started to actually stick up front. And he, he uses his, his body so well, Ian, doesn't he? He, he yeah. uses his body to beat players. I mean, it was exemplified against Rotherham when he did Peltier. 
I mean, you see players doing that to us. He just backed in and then just yeah. went straight down the line. That was just so cute. And then got the cross in that was whacked into his own net by So Hardy. we've had a question about management style from uh, Tomo, I think, is said on here. What's your views on management style? Because Nigel Pearson is said to be very old school. Uh, goes onto the grass as an observer, doesn't get involved in coaching. He's also said that he doesn't get involved with agents. Um, so it, that leads people to say, well, what does he, apart from pick the team, what does he actually do? So um, it, is, it, it, is what we need another another Nigel Pearson, a, a what you might call old school, as some people would describe it. Other people are rather unkind and call it a dinosaur. Um, or do you want a younger manager, perhaps in the mould of Car Carlos Corbran, um, who I mentioned was was looking for work uh, when we discussed this subject about eight weeks ago, and then he subsequently took over at West Brom. So what, what, what do you think the players at that club need, Chris? Um, it's an interesting one because I think you've you've hit the nail on the head with what you how you've labelled it all by saying um, you know Nigel Pearson's a little bit old school, but I think he was brought in to do a job where he was there to sort the dressing room out. Um, what if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Rivers Robbins are ba ba bobbing along. Red Robin comes bob bob bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along.